You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. Listen, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to do that as long as you are liking, subscribing, and downloading these episodes. Listen, I share those same feelings as it pertains to our YouTube page and our socials. If you had not said hello to us, go check us out over there on Twitter, Facebook, and IG. Sorry, I mean X. Damn it, I swear I'm not going to get that down ever. Anyways, if you like our gear, maybe you're like, meh, on the podcast, but you've seen those Rye Bread and Mustard and Mariners podcast hoodies, t-shirts, or barbecue bibs, or those koozies, you can get those right now by hitting up at simply.cora, that's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. If you were listening yesterday, we were talking about the Anaheim series and just kind of foreshadowing what possibly we might see here in the next 16 games didn't really dive too deep didn't dive deep on a couple of things like the topic of julio mvp question mark gonna bring that back up today with the ninja who's always gonna back up otani i mean he's a smart man the listener asked if we were going to talk about julio joining the 30 30 clip which we did but we just briefly went over it just like julio did we, we were pretty cool about it here on the podcast when i was talking with Kopi today we talk a little bit more about what happened if you had not heard the story we'll talk about it we're also going to talk about what we could expect out of george kirby in the start if you haven't been paying attention this is his first start since the <clears throat> you know uh comments and the apology It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a Friday night game down at T-Mobile Park in the City Connect jerseys against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Just Los Angeles Dodgers. They're not a dumpster fire of a team like the Los Angeles Injured Angels of Orange County, Riverside, California Pizza Kitchen, Unincorporated Disneyland. No, these are the straight up Los Angeles Dodgers and they're killers, but what we want to see and what we think we're going to see and how do we think Kirby is going to handle this start and we are going to talk about one of our human walking bruises our Iron Man behind the plate we're going to focus in on what Cal Raleigh has been doing and some of the foul balls that he's been taking off his body and the runners he's been throwing out and how valuable he is once again for the Mariners here in September going down the stretch so I'm going to shut the hell up and we're going to get right to it right after this get ready to play hardball in the kingdom take me to the ball game 
Versus Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Okay, one of the feedbacks I got from yesterday's episode was, hey, why wasn't there much or any talk about Julio becoming a member, the only the second Seattle Mariners member of the 30-30 club with another Rodriguez, one that we're not so proud of, uh, Alex Rodriguez, but Julio Rodriguez is first Mariner since 1998 to be a 30 home run, 30 plus stolen base. But I think the interesting story about this, if I was going to talk about it, because I I mentioned it yesterday, but we didn't dive too much into it because it's been all over the place. The most interesting thing to me about this was how he did not have himself available for the media. And I got to say, I really, really enjoyed that hearing that, that he was more focused on what was going on with the team instead of his own personal accomplishments. There's a great article by Ryan Divish about it the next day that backs up that statement that that was really a commendable thing. I think probably those are the, I think those are the kinds of things when you talk about leadership and you talk about, you know, what Scott service says or other teammates say that this example right here shows you that this isn't all smoke and mirrors. What did you think about that? It is kind of all together. He's just more like, yeah, the next day came out and then said, you know, why I don't want to be celebrating when our team's kind of reeling from, you know. But he's been that way pretty much consistently the whole year. He's always, you know, how, how do you feel about your great accomplishment, Julio? And he's, well, I couldn't have done it without my teammates. You know, I got to give credit to my teammates and my coaching staff. They're always helping me out. And he, he uh, very humble. Exact quote, like you're saying, as he said, quote, you know me, you know what I'm about whenever I step on the field. It's tough to talk about those good things. It's tough to talk about the good things you're doing when us collectively we're not doing good. It's always about winning first for me. That's why we're here. As cool as it sounds, the 3030 Club, I'm all about winning. I mean, how can you not love this guy? He wants to stay in Seattle. He signs this deal that he has last year. And now you get him not trying to make his own personal accomplishments bigger than what's going on on the field with the team. And, I mean, that was a huge, huge accomplishment. Like I said, last Mariner to do it, 1998. There's only 44 members of the 3030 Club in baseball history. Pretty ironic. It's our number 4040 getting that. And there was something that was going on there in that game. If you have not seen the replay, I'm sure you have, but go back and watch. Some young man catches the ball in the first row right there at the J-Rod squad. A hell of a catch. He has to reach down and do the shoestring catch over the railing and makes the catch. And everybody in that row is grabbing him and going wild. And if you're watching the broadcast The kid was on the phone, up and down the stairs. I don't know if he was brokering a deal, what was going on, but the next inning they showed Julio asking for the ball. I see the story that Julio got the ball from this kid. What did you uh, hear about this? Yeah, I saw him uh, pacing back and forth with security broker in the deal too, and uh, I guess all he wanted to do was meet Julio and get an autographed ball from him. But I guess there are some people in the crowd offering him substantial amounts of money. 
for the ball, and he, he refused him. So bless his heart. Yeah, and it says that Julio gave him a ball, an autographed ball, an autographed bat that signified this was a 30 for 30 thing. He got to hug it out with Julio, gets an autographed ball and a bat. You get that moment. I mean, that's that's pretty priceless. Also, what are you going to do in that moment? Are you going to be the prick that's going to hold it over him? I mean, let me ask you this. You're, you're a card and memorabilia collector. Let's just be real serious. You've ran over many kids to catch balls. You're an autograph seeker. What are you doing in this moment? I thought about this one kind of for a little bit today, and I was thinking about, I don't know, how much you could just sell it to Julio for. Like, Julio, I'll have the ball for you. It's at my house, 10000 bucks. It's yours. Just hit me up when you want it. Here's my Here's my number. And then keep it, you know, hold on to it. And then eventually Julio gets enough money that he, oh, yeah, I'll take that ball now. And you made 10000 instead of 1000 I don't know. You're trying to profit off Julio in the moment. But it would be cool to have the ball too. I don't think it'd, it would really uh, go for that much on auction. You, you know, uh, it'd be hard to get it autographed by Julio. I mean, you could get it certified and put it up there. But mm, 1000 seems like paying too much for that ball. Yeah, 1000 about right. I'd say it'd sell on auction for about a thousand bucks. Yeah, and look at this story that you have in this moment. It's like you're gonna have. I know paper clippings. I sound old when I say that, but you're, you, this is a story that's gonna live on forever. All you got to do is Google it. You know, if anybody ever tries to question you, one, you can watch the clip on YouTube making that awesome catch. They're gonna play that in video packages forever, forever. I mean, Julio's in his second season. They're always going to be going down his career accolades, and they're going to be like in 2023, he was part of the 30-30 club. They're going to show that home run. They'll probably show the date. You know you don't have the ball anymore. Julio does. You have a ball and a bat that's been signed by him, signifying why you have that ball and bat. I mean, for a 1000 bucks. I mean, just think about the story about you if you just sold it for for a thousand bucks. You'd go down not as bad as the history of the people that like got rid of their like Apple or Starbucks shares, but I mean that would be a pretty terrible investment for yourself. I was thinking like if I caught the ball, maybe I would have um, just waited there until he came out and just chucked it right back at him. That'd have been cool too. You know what I mean? Throw him just a chance to. He, he asked for the ball, and you produce it right there with no questions asked you know what i mean what's he gonna do at that point throw it in put it in his back pocket just be like we'll talk about it later you know you know you're gonna get hooked up from julio for throwing the ball but it is an opportunity kind of missed just to chuck the ball right back to julio when he came back out what if you autographed it and we're like hey call me and then you put your phone number you just totally ruin the ball yeah you just completely ruined ruined the baseball you think you're doing something good instead uh you know he, he finds you outside and he kicks your ass a thousand dollars to get beat up by julio Damn. <laughs> there you have it right there's a ninja will pay money not to hang out with julio not to meet him but for him to beat his ass one there's one a really good beating for a thousand bucks you heard it here right here on the rye bread mustard mariners podcast ladies and gentlemen a very funny man please welcome from seattle jay buner here's one for you horse walks into a bar bartender says Hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. 
Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? One of the more commented videos or um, posts where I would get feedback and uh, a lot of quick, even one word, two word answers uh, was the video or topic when I was like, are you saying there's a chance that Julio Rodriguez could win the MVP if Otani never played another game? Uh, most of the responses I got back on this were uh, a big nope. Um, I got a no. I got another no. I got a big absolutely definitely no way. I got an absolutely not. And we got a no. I just kind of putting it out there just from what Julio has done since the All-Star break, how he's turned around the Seattle Mariners, how there is proof in the numbers of when Julio homers and has good games or multi-hit games, what the Mariners can do. When Julio goes, the Mariners go. We were talking about on the last episode, we were you know jokingly talking about Shohei and his body double and Shohei getting scratched from the lineup. Every single day, and Phil Nevin kind of saying the same thing again. Like I said, don't want to use Phil Nevin too much as a source. But it was disappointing not seeing Shohei Otani as far as the bring Shohei to Seattle operation, which uh, backfired. I know there was a group of people trying to get the chance going, come to Seattle, and they were trying to do it during other people's at-bats, which I just kind of thought was like, that's weird. Had he played in this series, totally understand it. I was hoping that was going to happen. I was going to try to be there if it happened. We were just waiting every day to see if Shohei was going to be in the lineup. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. With that being said, it looks like he's not playing anymore this season. And Julio is. And Julio is playing the highest level of baseball going on right now, definitely in the American League, I should say that. I know Kuna's doing some crazy things over in the NL. We know Mookie Betts, who's coming into town here, has been hot. Freddie Freeman's been doing his thing all year. But again, when Julio goes, the Mariners go. And for that matter, I think that is worth another look at the MVP. Even though these were no's and these... Comments came in from when we put this video out, I don't know, eight or nine days ago. I'm still sitting here wondering, could this be a thing? I mean, Julio was AL player of the month in the month of August. Had a historic, historic, historic August. Yes, Otani has had a historic season up to this point. But look where his team is. But that's also not all on him. They've had a lot of injuries on that team. But let's just say Julio gets player of the month. Let's just say he gets crazy. Let's He gets wild. And the Mariners can pull off winning the American League West when they were, what, 10, 11, a million games back right around the All-Star game, right when they got right when they got booed out of the building and on the back of Julio, yes, and some good pitching and some other help on the team. You have to have a good team, but Julio is the guy that would be bringing this to Seattle, something we haven't seen since 2001. What do you think, Ninja? Is there is there a chance? Is there a chance for Julio to win the MVP? Yes, there's a chance. I've done the calculation. So if Julio hit three home runs every game 
for the remaining 14 or 15 games. That would give him about 75 home runs on the season. And then, yeah, then he might be be in consideration up there, you know, breaking the new home run record and hitting 75 home runs. So, yeah, Julio has to hit three home runs every game for the rest of the season to overtake Otani, who's had not only the best season this year, but the best season ever. You know, it's not only an MVP season, it's the best MVP season ever so far. But maybe there's something to be said about somebody that plays for the full season, takes their team, you know, into heights they've never been to before. If that happens, and like you said, he gets on a tear, I can't see him hitting three home runs in every game for the rest of the way. That's what might do it. Even if he even if he did that, then there would still be some debate. Well, yeah, I mean Julio's not going out there on the mound, but to you know make an argument for Julio, let's say he hits five more home runs, he ends up with thirty five, depending on when and how and where he hits these home runs. I mean these voters are going to go off of, off of statistics they traditionally have, but is there something? Is there something there for what sort of turnaround a team could have or what kind of impact a player has, especially in these high-pressure situations going down the stretch, which Otani's not going to have them because he's not playing and also never been in them in the major leagues because he's played on the Angels dumpster fire team. I think the, the best the race right now is for um, second finishing second in the MVP voting. And if Julio goes out there and, you know, does his thing, we make the playoffs, he's got a really good shot at getting that number two, which is a great accomplishment and really good for Julio because he's got that escalator clause in his contract. So on his, you know, first try, he gets the second MVP voting versus the best season ever of anybody, you know, pretty good. But, yeah, where it's going to help him out is getting that those second place, place votes. I think, yes realistically probably second place in the AL voting. I don't know if there's ever been a time in history where maybe the second place uh, MVP voting in a league is going to be so highly looked at. But apparently when you have something like what Otani's doing, which has historically never been done in baseball, it does make that second place follow up if you get some votes you know, you're getting quite the quite the rub when you're right after Otani. Baseball sure has changed, Junior. Yeah, the XCOM replaced the diamond. And can you imagine facing three pitches? Emerson on base. Oh, the base ejector got him snoozing. He goes Why did it all change? All sport. Game just got too easy. The unsurpassed taste of all sport. A third more carbs than Gatorade for energy could make a difference. Next yeah. up. Your grandson's up. Ken Griffey the fourth. He can ask. It's going. It's going. Watch out, center board. Oh! Center Bush got him. He was robbed. All sports body quencher. The game will never be the same. Another thing that we didn't get too really in depth on, uh, I'd like to just point out one more time. I know Mariners fans know, but Cal Raleigh, big dumper. What a stud this guy is. In this last game, he took about three hard fouls off of him. Just, just automatic bruise and contusion <laughs> makers. Uh, he's, it seems like this happens all the time. But with Cal, it just seems like the more and more he gets beat up, 
keeps going. He's like one of those Timex watches, like that old commercial Timex watch. He takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Definitely has some Greg the Hammer, Valentine, uh, (laughs) Rocky Balboa vibes. Just the way, like I said, it seems like even going back to last year, he had the thumb. Right now, a year ago, he was pretty much unstoppable. And then come to find out he had a bad thumb through this whole this whole time and just the last couple of weeks especially in the last month he's taken so many hits off of his body and gotten better and better he's thrown out 19 base runners i saw angie menteg mention this if he throws out one more one more to make 20 he'll be part of a 30 20 club for catchers which is a very rare uh, club to be a part of i think that's something to watch for this weekend what do you got to say about cal raleigh yeah getting Back to Kyle Raleigh's toughness. The last game, he was late in the innings, foul ball off his thigh. The the ump walked out to the mound. You know, give him some time. Gets you know, next pitch, same thing off the next thigh. So it's it's three and two, and you can you can kind of see the pitcher like, oh man, I can't I can't throw this guy a strike. He's gonna foul it off Cal again. So he just walked him instead. It's like, oh, thank God that he just like you had to like walk the guy intentionally, so so Cal could get a rest. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's him and Ty France. Uh, I don't know if there's two guys that have been more of a pin cushion or a target for a baseball. And I even want to go back to Tampa Bay. He even fouled one off of himself. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one, but. Kelnick takes one foul ball off the foot and he's out for three days. You know, not Cal Raleigh. They were asking Dan Wilson about what he thought about that foul ball and he goes, Well, it's catcher. It's just like another uh, foul ball off the leg. He goes, Except for when you're, when it comes off your bat, it seems to always hurt a little bit more. But Cal's tough, especially not having Tom Murphy uh, around. I know we have, we've had O'Keefe right now, we have Luis Terenz, uh, but. You know, not having Tom Murphy's definitely put Cal in the situation again where he's just our Iron Man and listening to what Jerry DePoto had to say on the DePoto show, it doesn't really sound like Tom Murphy is going to be coming back. So, you know, we're probably going to expect to be seeing Cal, unfortunately, taking more of these beatings, more of these reps. But, hey, I feel safe with him behind the plate, and I always feel safe with him in the lineup from the left side or the right side right now. Recently, with Tom Murphy being out, it seems like he's got a lot more of these right-handed at-bats, and he seems to be adjusting and getting better at the plate from right hand, or just having bigger moments at the plate from the right-handed side, which is scary to see if you're uh you know on the bump but uh it is september and cal's playing the best he could be playing right now and uh this guy was our dude down the stretch last year and he's proven to be one of those dudes again him throwing the ball him making the last out in the game helping out muñoz when muñoz has not been at the top of his game of late And then going back to the week before, we threw four runners out, including uh, another one of these ninth-inning throwouts. That's as big as like a walk-off home run or a go-ahead home run or a walk-off single in my book. Well, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, we're kicking off the series here with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right off the bat, 
probably one of the most anticipated starts of the year for George Kirby. Not from his performance in his last game, but we all know about the comments that he made and then the next day coming back and um, apologizing for them. If you need a quick refresher, he was taken out of a game in Tampa Bay in the seventh inning after giving up a two-run home run when he was asked in the postgame what he felt about it. If you didn't know, now you know. He was not happy. He didn't know why he was still out there after 90 pitches. There was a lot of backlash, a lot of conversations, talking about old-school pitching, new-school pitching. Also, is it okay for a player to speak their mind like that? Maybe not in the media. Next day he comes back apologizes for it but we have not seen him out on the mound we've seen what kind of performances the starters have put in this week so what do you think is going to happen here what do you see George Kirby doing well first thing I could think of when he was apologizing was man I think he's going to come out in his next start and be really motivated so you know hopefully he throws a no hitter hopefully he comes out there and shuts everybody down and you know Moves on, and people are talking about George Kirby's no-hitter. Or at least a win. Oh, God. We really need this one. A no-hitter against the Dodgers. People would definitely definitely be, be talking about that. I expect him to go out there and get back to the Kirby that he is. You know, there's going to be some bumps in the roads, I would expect, here with this Dodgers lineup. But I expect to see Kirby in there for six innings. Maybe even see him in the seventh inning. I know that the pitching staff, especially the um, relief pitchers, are getting a day off. They'll be rested. They only had to pitch two of the three games, really, in against Anaheim in high leverage situation. So the bullpen will be rested going into this game. But I still think after the big toll that they just took um, – Kirby going long is pretty important, especially in this series. What would be ironic is if he had a no-hitter through six and he had 90 pitches going and and then Scott pulled him in the seventh, right? Or even if he just has like the a one-hitter or something, he's pitching a really good game, but as soon as he hits that 90 pitches now, no, you're out. And then he's going to be coming, oh, come on, coach, leave me in. I got a no-hitter going. Like, nope. Remember what you said last week. Revenge is... Is a dish best served cold. I hit the showers curb. But no, I expect him to come out there. A lot of energy, uh, different body language. Excited to see it. We got we got Miller going on Saturday up against up against Clayton Kershaw. All of these games are sold out. I th- well, maybe the Friday game is not sold out, but Saturday and Sunday are completely sold out. On Sunday, we have Logan Gilbert going. As of right now, the Dodgers have not announced their Sunday starter. So I believe we're looking at a series here where, gosh, you'd really honestly hope to get two of three. You really do need two of three. But I could see them possibly getting one of three. You just can't get swept right now. You need to at least pick up one, if not two, and then go into Oakland for a sweep. What do you want to see here this weekend with the Dodgers, and what do you think is realistic? I think we got a shot at sweeping the Dodgers. I mean, our pitching's, you know, going great. And uh, I don't – the Dodgers really have that much to play for, I guess. But I think uh, this – the Mariners have a little bit more to play for, and we're going to be at home, and it's going to be a big series. I think we have a chance to sweep them, honestly. 
So you're calling for the sweep. I'm going to say two out of three Mariners win the series, get the momentum, headed down to Oakland, and we're off to the races. And before we get out of here, I happen to be going through, you know, some of the clips, just getting stuff ready for, I hate even to say this, but on the producer end of this, you do have to get some things ready for the off season. So when the season's over, we're definitely going to have a big change. I don't want to really think about that. But again, on this end of it, definitely have to prepare and have things ready. I was going through some clips from, uh, you know, some of our shows, whether it be Brett Boone or our outtakes with Macklemore or Carl Tart, Tom Hutler, uh, Jim Copacino. Um, I came across this clip and it's one of my favorite clips. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this in the show. And this is with uh, 99.9 KSW, The Rocks. Miggs, Steve Miggs from uh, BJ and Miggs in the morning. And uh, he's talking about when he was covering the Mariners or had media credentials for when he used to produce produce a show over at 107.7 The N and uh, his interactions with like Jay Buhner and also how he got his media credentials taken away from him. Anyways, this is a funny story. It's really quick. I think you'll enjoy this on a Friday some, or if you're listening to it over the weekend, it's a good one. Uh, but I fell in love with the Mariners, obviously, when I moved out here. Uh, what a great time to be. Uh, you know, I moved here in the late 90s, so the team wasn't awful. Uh, and then, of course, then there was that amazing 2001 season. At that time, I'm working at the end. Dude, I was getting access to go and interview players in the locker room. Like, they, at the time, they like, and I'll, I'll share a great story of how we got banned from the Mariners. Uh, because of stupidity of the guy I worked with. Uh, but I was going to the, the to go get audio of the players, but I was getting like random audio. Like we were on a sports talk station. We were a morning radio show that was trying to make people laugh and sometimes failing miserably at it. But I really got to get to know Jay Buhner during that time because wow. he did not talk to media at all. But I came in in my own stupid wisdom, which actually worked. I came in with CDs and I bribed him. I was like, hey, dude, if you talk to me, I'll hook you up with some CDs. <laughs> like, I don't even this guy's, and he goes, well, what do you got? I'm like, I got Allison Chain's box set. He goes, all right, yeah, let's do it. So then I kind of became a joke. Like I would get to talk to him. I'd bring a CD for him and hook him up with it. He could afford a record store at that time. Like he's Jay freaking Buner. But I think he got a kick out of the fact that, A, I wasn't asking like boring, in his eyes, by boring sports questions. I was just talking music with him and, and, and keeping it on the surface about baseball. Like, you know, it wasn't anything hard hitting. I was never going to hit him with like a hard question about how the team's doing. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't good enough at that. Like, and I didn't even think to take advantage of those opportunities, but it was great. Like I had a decent relationship with Ken, uh, with uh, Jay Buhner because of that. Also, uh, uh, Moyer was pretty cool. Uh, there was a few, but the thing that got us kicked out, our host was obsessed with trying to get an interview with Ichiro. He, that's all he wanted. He's like, I just want to get some, even if it's a 30 second interview, but the team's like, no, he doesn't really speak English and it's very limited and it's not going to happen. Somewhere he found out that Ichiro was a fan of pizza, which I mean, okay. So I show up to meet up with my host, Andy at the time. And I'm like, okay, we're going to meet up. We're going to go into the locker rooms and do the interviews. And we have our press pass and all that. So getting in was easy. He shows up with a pizza box. And I'm like, what are you doing with the pizza? He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to bribe Ichiro with a pizza. So he talked to us and dude, we come down and I, and I got, I, I got to imagine it was Lou Pinella. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I it must've been, this is forever ago, obviously. 
we go down and whoever was one of the managers of the team are like, who do you have for these guys? Like, I could hear them saying this. And I've never felt more small because I'm like, we look like the biggest idiots. And <laughs> rightfully so. We showed up to a prep. All the other media looking at us like we're, they already thought we were Nimrods. I mean, I'm showing up with CDs. Like, you know, but like CDs are easy. I can put them in my, my jacket pocket. They don't no smell. <laughs> right. They don't smell. They're not edible. Yeah. Got, so finally, like the PR guy at the time, who's still there, uh, Greg Green, awesome guy. Uh, one of the, I, I know he's worked his way up the ladder and like Kevin Martinez as well. I've always loved those guys, even though we deservingly got kicked out of the locker room. Because they're just like, guys, what are you doing? What, what's wrong with you? I, it's like, why are you bringing a pizza into a locker room? And Andy, we're not missing a pizza. Just like, well, uh, we wanted to talk to each other. And we're like, they're like, we said you you can't. He's like, well, I figured if I give him some pizza, I'll talk. He's like, that's not his decision. Like, we're in charge of this. You don't show up with a pizza. <laughs> it's so stupid. Fast forward five minutes later, we've been kicked out. Our credentials have been taken from us. And we're sitting outside of the, out of the stadium. And he's just eating the pizza. And I'm looking at him. It's like, I, I felt like we were like James Simon Bob or some kind of random weird movie. And I'm like, why did you think that was a good idea? He's like, I don't know. I thought it was a good idea. He's like, do you want a slice? I'm like, well, yeah, of course I want a slice. I'm hungry. Dude. And we never got uh, access to, and granted, we didn't really try very hard. Because, I mean, I'm not going back to them and being like, hey, give us another chance. They, they were always still cool to me. And to this day, like, I have a great relationship with, with those guys when I see them, but I'm, you know, obviously our show, we don't need to have access to a locker room. So I never had to broach that again, but you know, we've done things with the Mariners here at KSW that right. they don't hold it against me. Uh, I, and also I wasn't the one who brought the pizza, but I was guilt by association. But after that, the relationship with the Mariners ended, they're just like, yeah. no, you guys are dorks. Like, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not working with you guys again. I think this group of Mariners would probably have taken the pizza. That's uh, yes. <laughs> it's a different animal now. But also the funny part about that too is you brought the pizza, and it's like these guys are major leaguers. They have catering. They have everything they possibly would want to eat already. You know, provided for them. Like I, I think if Ichiro wants pizza, they'll make him a pizza that's probably better than the Domino's that we brought with us. Like, I got this inside thing. They don't, the Mariners don't provide pizza for their players. So we're going to bring a pizza. I love it. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> All right. That's our show for today. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy having the Los Angeles Dodgers in T-Mobile Park. This is one of these big measuring stick series. And let's be honest, the Mariners need this damn series. So hopefully they go out there and they get it. We'll be back Monday morning. I'll be back Monday morning with Hanno breaking that series down as I head down to Oakland. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother podcast. We'll get into that. Again, thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing, and all of that good stuff. Hit us up on the socials. Hit up at simply.core for your rye bread and mustard gear. And with that being said, I already know I'm going to have to do it myself. Yeah.